You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens. Hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadian's Connection Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 239 of the Canadian's Connection podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, and the president of Rocket Sports, Mr. Rick Stevens. And Rick, how are you doing today? Hey, Michael. I'm doing well. We are, we're beginning the off season and uh, it's an exciting time for, believe it or not, uh, for the, the Montreal Canadiens, even though uh, they're missing the playoffs, there's uh, some important things about to happen. It's important for us too at the Canadiens Connection, Rocket Sports, because typically we've been doing this a long time. So we know that typically uh, our numbers start increasing uh, in the off season. Yes, that's true. Um, because we're going to be with you all uh, off-season long. And uh, we've been doing this since about 2011. Uh, if you're new to, to the Canadians Connection, um, for the last 12 years, there's been a Rocket Sports podcast uh, every Saturday afternoon. And we're going to be here um, all summer, all uh, off-season with you. So welcome. Uh, and for those uh, that have been with us a long time, some since 2011, uh, glad to have you back. Yeah, so even when uh, you're out on vacation, uh, out at the beach, you can tune into the Canadians Connection every single Saturday. So very excited to start this off season. Should be plenty of fun news to talk about. But uh, for now, we have to put a finish to this regular season. Uh, we'll get you up to date on the final week of the regular season for the Montreal Canadiens. Plus, there's plenty of Habs prospects to talk about. Segment two, uh, it's our big topic segment. It's entitled Moving from Development to Ownership. So it was a big media availability day on Friday, April the 14th. Uh, so we got to hear tons of audio from all the players, everyone within management as well. So we'll take a deep dive into that. Segment three, uh, we want to hear from you. It's the Have You Say segment. Our Canadians Connection question of the week is the Stanley Cup player playoffs start on Monday. Will you be watching? We want to hear from you. And uh, Rick, what's the best way for our listeners to reach out and let us know? Text us. Uh, we've set up a Rocket Sports text line. It is 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET. Easy for you to remember, easy for you to text us. 
text us 24 hours a day. If you have a little more to say, you want to send us an email, send us an email at hello at rocketsportsmedia.com. Also, make sure you reach out on social media. Give us a follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out our website, canadiansconnection.com. So this final week of the regular season, uh, not a great week for the Montreal Canadiens. I'll be honest, they went 0-3 in their final three games. Let's go all the way back to April the 8th, uh, where Montreal took a trip into Toronto, and they lose 7-1. to uh, The Habs mm. go 0-4 on the power play. Leafs go 4-6 on the power play. And the win was so convincing that Toronto actually put in uh, their emergency backup goaltender into the net. Uh, his name is uh, Jet Alexander. He's from the University of Toronto. He played the final minute, so he gets the win in that one. It was, um, yeah, the, 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 the talent difference was painfully obvious in, in this game. Um, I was really interested in uh, Brendan, Brendan Gallagher's postgame comments. He talked about the Leafs. Uh, he talked about their core. He talked about their core uh, being a tight-knit group and that they've grown together and progressing together. And, um, you know, even though it was a 7-1 loss, that that made me a bit excited about the Canadians and how they are beginning that uh, to develop that core. And those group of players are starting to play together and learning how to win together. Yeah, let's just hope that uh, when Montreal gets to that point, they do not enjoy their spring golfing. <laughs> uh, so a couple of days in between this one, uh, April the 12th was the next game. They go to visit the New York Islanders, and it's another loss, 4-2. to two. Uh, Again, just kind of outclassed here. Bit of a tough stretch for the Montreal Canadiens, only putting 19 shots on the net. It was uh, a game that uh, didn't mean a whole lot for the Montreal Canadiens, but it meant a lot for the Islanders. And uh, that was clear. Um, it, it was just, again, uh, a look to the future. And, and uh, it, it, Sean Farrell, I, I think, got better every single game we saw him. Um, he's got a lot of work to do, but uh, I, I liked how he, he worked and battled and, and, uh, and played in this one. And the final game of the regular season on April the 13th, uh, Boston comes into Montreal uh, Lucas Condotta scores on his very first shot in the NHL. And uh, I guess congratulations to Lucas Condotta on that one. Didn't expect him to get a call up at any point, but uh, nevertheless, nice to see him get a goal. Uh, the Habs made this one interesting against the Bruins, uh, holding their power play to 0-5. So I guess a solid penalty kill for Montreal. But again, Boston, just such a good team this year. And uh, man, a record-setting season for this Boston Bruins team. And they're so good that they can turn it on and off. And we, I, I saw that during this game that uh, they were kind of cruising around lackadaisically and, and then they would turn it on when, when they had to. Um, this was a, a, not, a game that meant nothing to, to Boston other than to extend that, uh, that record that, that they set. Um, for the Canadians, yeah, as you said, Lucas Condotta, um, what a what a nice way to start uh, his NHL career. Um, Joel Edmondson was was in there settling some scores uh, with AJ Green, um, <laughs> and his uh, his uh, suspendable offense against uh, Mike uh, Hoffman the time before. Um, Sam Montembeau was was not very good. Ended up with a 7.62 save percentage. Um, but this was the final game at the Bell Center. The, there was the picture at the end. The fans saluted the players. There was a lot of players 
um, that uh, were injured that joined the shot. And and I think what a fitting way to end the season to hear the carry 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 Price chant uh, from the fans uh, to to send uh, to send. Uh, this season, to close the book on this season, I, I thought it was uh, a very nice tribute to Carey Price, who has remained involved, though not uh, playing, who has remained involved this season. So the Canadians' final record is in. They go 31-45-6. That's 68 points and 29th, or 28th in the NHL. So uh, in that bottom five, for sure, that uh, that certainly helps their draft lottery odds and uh yeah, I think uh, this is about what we were expecting, wasn't it, Rick? Uh, it was what we were expecting, and we talked about our pre-game, our, our preseason predictions in last week's show, and you might want to go uh, listen to that if you haven't had the chance. It's episode two thirty-eight, um, and and just to put a, a bow on on everything, um, we predicted um, that the Canadians would finish, um, you and I predicted less than 75 points. I had 73, you had between 70 and 72. They were even worse than that at 68. Um, you came very close, um, at predicting that they would finish in 29th. Amy, 27th, I had 30th, and they're in at 28th with the, as it turns out, the fifth best lottery odds at 8.5% of getting the first overall pick. I think more importantly, you know, had they won that game against the Bruins, they would have dropped to 7.5%. And, and and that maybe is the difference there is negligible. However, remaining in the top five, I think, could be the difference um, in getting the player that uh, they want, uh, if they remain at five, that is. Um, and, and we'll see. The lottery, less than a month away for uh, uh, the NHL draft lottery. So make sure you check out Habs Notepad and Habs Headlines throughout this busy offseason at HabsHockeyReport.com. Some updates on the Habs roster over the past week. Uh, Forwards Yessa Ullinen, Raphael Harvey-Pinard, as well as defenseman Corey Schooneman and goaltender Caden Primo were sent down to Laval last Sunday. Uh, That certainly helped Laval make a bit of a playoff push. Send the troops down. Ken Hughes helped out uh, J.F. Uhl, and it meant, uh, which we'll talk about, a great week for the Laval Rocket. Yuri Slavkovsky skated at Bell Sports Complex on Monday for the first time since sustaining a lower body injury three months ago. Uh, nice to see him around the team. A bit of a disappointing season for him, I think. So uh, we'll see if he can uh, rehab and get back into shape for the fall. But nice that he was able to get back on the ice just before the season ended. Canadians recalled forwards Lucas Condotta and Joel Teasdale, as well as defenseman Frederick Allard for the final Canadians game, and uh, they were returned to Laval on Friday. Uh, kind of a weird mix of players being called up. Uh, nice to see Condotta scored his first NHL goal, though. Yeah, it looks like they were not wanting to disturb uh, what was going on in Laval. They didn't uh, bring back, um, you know, Ulanen or Heinemann or Harvey Pinard. Uh, they just uh, brought in uh, pieces um, <laughs> that could fit in on on the fourth line, on the forward or the third pairing. Um, and and again, thinking about uh, Laval's playoff hopes. So Alex Belzile was nominated by the Montreal Canadiens for the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy. Uh, the Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy is awarded annually to the NHL Hockey League player who best exemplifies the quali- qualities of pierce- perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to ice hockey. 
Uh, why do they pick Alex Belzeal? Well, I think it's something to do with the fact that uh, Alex Belzeal has been more of a career ECHLer and AHLer, and then he got called up at one point this season, and he was just kind of a mainstay on the fourth line. I don't necessarily like this nomination by the Montreal Canadiens, if I'm being honest. It really feels like there were a lot of other players that were more well-deserving. Um, last year, uh, Montreal nominated Carey Price, and he actually won. I think that's the basically your ideal Bill Masterton Memorial Trophy. A great story there. Uh, I can think of a few other players on this Montreal team that I felt maybe persevered a little bit more or just better stories overall i just don't i don't understand the alex belzeal nomination uh, a few names that come to mind i was wondering maybe about uh, a sam montembeau certainly a guy that has the backing of the media last season he was picked up off of waivers and he came in this season played 40 games uh you know the media loves him um i i felt like that was good perseverance by montembeau um, why not, uh, Kirby Duck? still a younger guy, but a former third overall pick that wasn't having a ton of success in the NHL. And he came in this year, solidified himself pretty well. Um, yeah, I don't think that Alex Belzeal really has a good opportunity here. And, uh, like I said, I'm just very disappointed that this is the nomination they went with. It's, um, within the Montreal media, there is, there is group think. Um, if you know anything about them, that's, that's a consistent feature and, um, we think back to last year where, where Carey Price was the obvious Masterton nominee. Um, and so they, yes, the, the Montreal media nominated him, but didn't vote for him. Um, I believe I'm correct in, in saying that, that no one, uh, none of the Montreal uh, media uh, gave Carey Price a first place vote uh, on their ballot last year. Carey Price was voted in by media members from the rest of the league, and deservedly so. Um, I think the most common uh, first-place vote was uh, last year by Montreal media was Tanner Janot. Um and, and, and not even the Columbus media um, representative voted for Tanner Janot. Um this this is yeah this is the, the the Montreal media like to create their their own stories even where there isn't one um you know and, and uh, Brandon Gallagher's got to be saying you know what do I have to do <laughs> how many more things do I have to break uh and come back um uh, how how can I play more more aggressively and belligerently and 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 persevere uh given the limitations of of my body here um, Brandon Gallagher is a poster boy for, uh, for the, the Masterton trophy. Um, I'd even go Jake Evans, who's persevered through how many concussions? Um, and he just keeps doing his thing, keeps, um, you know, an unsung, he's an unsung hero for sure. Um, I, I'm, you know, nothing against Alex Belzeal, um, but when you look at the complete list of nominees uh, around the... Oh, there's Alex Belzeal. He's coming to complain. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't think... I, I know the Montreal media is going to vote in block, and, and there's lots of them that are members of the um, PHWA, uh, but uh, I don't think he has a chance of winning. There's, there's a lot of uh, better stories out there uh, when you look uh, team to team at their nominees. 
But uh, there were a few guys on the Montreal Canadiens that did win some trophies this past week. Uh, starting off with David Savard, he was named winner of the Jacques Beauchamp Molson Trophy. Uh, this trophy is awarded annually to the Hab who plays a dominant role during the regular season without earning any particular honor. I, I think David Savard kind of fits that role. There are a few guys I, I think uh, could have been nominated as well, but I don't mind the, the David Savard pick. I agree completely. Um, why not? Um, he's, um, did he have a great season? No, but, but um, he was, uh, he was there for uh, the younger members. Um, he played pretty well. Um he, uh, I, I think this is a, the, the kind of player that you want um, uh, to recognize with this type of award. Uh, again, uh, an unsung hero. And Nick Suzuki has been named the Molson Cup Player of the Year for the 2022-2023 season. Uh, Nick Suzuki had been named a Molson Cup Player uh, in October alongside Cole Caulfield, and then he won it outright in November. So no real surprises there. I think uh, Suzuki was probably the best and most consistent player on the team this year. Yep, absolutely. Um, Sam Montembeau got the award one month. Jake Allen got him another month. But um, yeah, that yes, most consistent player, uh, Nick Suzuki, hands down. And uh, speaking of winners, I think this is a good opportunity to get to our winners and losers of the week. And now it's time for this week's winners and losers. On the Canadian's Connection. So starting things off with the loser side, I'm going to pass this one over to you, Rick. Yeah, we're going to go all the way back to uh, to the, the Leafs game. And, um, and, and you mentioned kind of a nice thing that happened. I thought it was a nice thing that happened. Um, the the, the bug goalie came in, the, the backup goalie just signed. Um, came in and, and had a minute of work or so. Didn't uh, didn't have to make a save, but got into a game. And um, apparently, um, it it kind of wrangled the feathers of of some of the Canadians. Um, I not me. Um, I thought it was I thought it was fine, um, but it was uh, Toronto reporter Kevin McGran. Um, writes for the Toronto Star, who interviewed Chris Weidman, and he did so off-camera and uh, asked him, how did you feel about bringing in um, uh, the goaltender amateur tryout Jet Alexander? And uh, Chris Weidman is uh, quoted as saying, they'll get what they deserve in a few weeks. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's funny. It is. And yes, the, with the history of the Leafs being out in the first round and all that, I get it. Um, probably not, not the shining, most shining moment for, for Chris Weidman right there. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Like you said, it, it was a nice story. I'm not going to lie. If I was one of the players on the Canadians, I'd, I'd be a little bit hurt about it, but, uh, you, you don't have to go to the media and, uh, take the attention and make it about you all of a sudden, you know, I just let, uh, Jed Alexander have a nice story and, uh, it's, it's everyone's dream to play in the NHL even if it's just for a minute and you don't really get a ton of action. So I'll, I'll take this moment here to congratulate Jed Alexander on that one. Absolutely. And, and the other, the companion story to this was why did the Leafs use their number one, or actually I think it was number uh, two power play at the end of the game. Um, I have no problem with that either. Um, They're, they're a team that's, that's tuning up for the playoffs. Um, 
you know, do whatever you need to do to, to tune up. It's it, it. I thought the whole controversy in in quotes was uh, was rather silly afterwards. Yeah. Uh, so my loser for this week, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Penguins. This was a team that uh, seemed to be in the wild card race the whole season. They seemed to be holding down that uh, one or two spot most of the way. Uh, they certainly bought at the deadline. Not really any big names, but uh, they brought in a Granlin. They brought in a Benino. And now they miss the playoffs. Um, kind of, yeah, this just sucked for Pittsburgh. They uh, re-signed Chris Letang. They have Crosby still. They have Malkin still. Like, three players that helped them win multiple cups over the years, and uh, they just couldn't get it figured out. You look at that roster, and uh, unfortunately, uh, those three players that I just mentioned, they're not getting any younger. They're just going to get older. I don't know when they're going to start to slow down, but uh, you need to be able to support uh, that core a little bit more. And I don't think that uh, the Penguins management uh, did the job and uh, gave them a real chance of being a good playoff team. Uh, Last year or last week, I made my loser of the week, uh, the Washington Capitals. So just kind of along that same line, it's a, it's a shame that we're not getting Ovechkin. Or it's a shame we're not getting Crosby or Malkin in the playoffs this year. Are, are you saying there's a little rust involved with the uh, Penguins? Yeah, <laughs> see what I did there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, I think a nice tie-in to get to my winner of the week, and uh, it's the team that pushed play the pit, pushed the Pittsburgh Penguins out of the playoffs, and that's the Florida Panthers. Uh, they seem to be out of it for most of the year a little bit of a disappointment and uh, they managed to get uh, they squeaked in and they squeaked in using their third string goalie in Alex Lyon uh, we talked about Alex Lyon quite a bit over the past few weeks but uh, AHL veteran goalie who's been starting and he's looked great for Florida uh, big shout out to Keith Kachuk for going on Toronto radio and calling <laughs> out the Panthers a couple weeks back calling them soft because since then Florida has been great and uh, yeah, really good story with them getting into the playoffs and uh, I'm sure they'll give the Bruins a little bit of trouble in that first round. And uh, congratulations too to Paul Maurice, who's taken a lot of grief um, from the media there uh, throughout the season. He did a a great job. And and as you said, Alex line who were, were, I I mean, it didn't help the Canadians uh, given that they own the pick, but uh, cheering for a good guy like Alex Lyon uh, and carried them to the playoffs. Yeah, and uh, I believe for your winner of the week, uh, he was a former Florida prospect. I had a uh, goaltender, uh, as I I sometimes do, um, as my winner of the week, and that was Devin Levi, who is a top-rated prospect now with the, the Buffalo Sabres. Um, he was uh, against the, the Ottawa Senators. Um, he was the backup goaltender, backup to Craig Anderson. And, um, and as happens when you change teams, in this case, uh, Devin Levi moving from college to the NHL, um, you don't have a mask ready. Uh, you don't have um, necessarily matching equipment. Um, and, and we've seen, um, we've seen players wear their college masks. We've seen... Um, than wear just white masks. But Devin Levi, um, well, he, he had a bit of nerves before the game, maybe, had some time. <laughs> and so he got out some Sharpies and he designed his own mask. He, yes, he hand painted, uh, so to speak, his mask. And it's really, uh, if you look it up on the, on the Sabres Twitter feed, it's really quite good for a hand-drawn mask, mostly black, 
um, and fitting in with the th- uh, Sabres theme and, and has the logo on there, has, uh, looks like lightsabers actually. Um, <laughs> but I thought he did a great job. Yeah, it looked pretty cool. And to be honest, I wouldn't have even known it was hand drawn until you got a close up zoom and you can kind of see where the marker uh, was shading things in. But yeah, I I don't know. Did Devin Levi take an art class at some point in uh, university? Uh, It'd be interesting to find out. But uh, yeah, it looked good and uh, really like that choice for winner. And you want to leave that outside for a few hours because the fumes off that mask afterwards would have been unbelievable. Yeah, I imagine. (laughs) So now I think we'll get to our Has Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So this was the week of the Laval Rocket. Mm -hmm. Uh, They went four in a row this week for wins. Uh, Not too many times I've been able to say that this season. I think more often than not, it's been kind of the opposite. Uh, So starting back April the 8th, uh, Laval goes to visit Syracuse. Kevin Poulin gets a start. And, uh, you know, pretty close game for the most part. But a William Trudeau Trudeau goal on the power play uh, ends up standing as a winner as Laval wins 5-3. to A couple days in between this one, uh, Wilkes-Barre Scranton comes into Laval. Primo gets the start and uh, makes a pretty convincing shutout. 41 saves. Laval wins 4 to nothing. Primo with with the shutout. Raphael Harvey-Pinard scored. Yessa Ullinen scored. All three players sent down just before that game. So a nice assist uh, from Kent Hughes on that one. (laughs) Uh, Again, a little bit of a break in between here uh, for April 12th. Uh, Toronto comes to visit Laval, and uh, Laval wins 6-3. to three. Uh, three goals for Anthony Richard, two goals for Mitchell Stevens, so pretty convincing win for Laval. It was a good game overall. And then on the 14th of April, uh, Syracuse comes to visit, and Laval wins 4-3. to three. Uh, Primo with his third straight start. Uh, Pierre Dubé scores two goals. After the first period, it was 4-2. Uh, to two. Uh, Syracuse comes back a little bit in the third period, uh, making it 4-3, to three, but uh, Laval hangs on to get the win. And uh, that schedule set up real, really nice for um, Laval. Three home games to finish the season. That Friday night game against Syracuse, uh, the Rockets set a new franchise record, 10,295 fans at Place, Vel, Place uh, Bell and that... Uh, that certainly was a help to uh, Lavelle uh, in winning that game. So the Rockets record currently 33-29-7-3. That's 24th in the AHL. So they will make the play-in round. And uh, I'll also note here that uh, no players on the Laval Rocket were named AHL first or second team all, All-Stars. So a little bit of a disappointment there that uh, none of the players managed to get in. But uh, you have to be happy at least that... Uh, the Rocket will be in the play-in round. It looks like it will start on Wednesday. That's right. Uh, Cleveland lost on on Friday night. Uh, they they had three games to, to finish this, the season, but uh, Laval, with, with a perfect week, um, nabbed that, that play-in spot um, and, and really did it uh, with, a, with a number of different players over the season contributing. Uh, so no, no stars to the first or second All-Star squad. Um, I, I think a little more concerning for me was that they had no one named to the uh, AHL's all-rookie team, and um, you want to see your prospects uh, being the, the stars, and, and 
we know that the development was secondary in in uh, uh, Laval this season. Unfortunately, hopefully that will change next season. Yeah. Uh, so let's take a look at uh, some other leagues that have some Habs prospects, starting off with the CHL uh, in the Quebec Major Junior League. Uh, we have two very highly touted Habs prospects in Joshua Waugh and Riley Kidney playing in the playoffs. The second round is underway right now. Drummondville versus Sherbrooke. Uh, that's Joshua Waugh. Uh, the Sherbrooke is up one nothing in that series. Joshua Waugh has one goal, one assist. Uh, the series against the Huskies in the Olympique, uh, featuring Riley Kidney playing for the Gatineau Olympique. Uh, he has one assist, and Gatineau currently leads that one to nothing. Uh, heading over to the OHL, it's the Kitchener Rangers versus London Knights, so uh, Philippe Machar versus Logan Mayu, and it looks like London is up 2 nothing in uh, this one. Uh, Mayu's looked great so far. What are your thoughts on this series? Yeah, the the London Knights, they scored eight uh, on Friday night, Um uh, they are having a time with with Kitchener um, and and Logan Mayu, as you said, has looked great. It's gotten even um, because the score's gotten a little uh, out of hand for both games. Uh, it's gotten a little feisty as well. There's been filled penalty boxes, um, and because these these two teams are are just an, less than an hour apart, uh, there's a there's an embedded rivalry already. This is a fun series to watch. Yeah, and uh, Owen Beck in the Peterborough Peets versus the Ottawa 67s and Vincennes Roar. Ottawa is up one nothing in that series. Uh, no points for Beck. Uh, Vincennes Roar with two assists. He's looked pretty good so far in these playoffs. Uh, if we want to head out uh, west to the WHL, uh, it's going to be Prince George versus Seattle. Uh, Jared Davidson playing with Seattle has two assists, and Seattle leads that series one to nothing. And uh, that's that's uh, uh, it's still exciting t- to me to see all of those uh, Canadians prospects uh, getting playoff experience uh, in the CHL in junior hockey. Uh, that only means uh, good things for the future. Yeah. And we're going to look at the USHL a little bit, too. We don't always get to do that, but we have an update on their playoffs uh, right now. Emmett Croto is a goaltender playing in a series. Uh, it's Waterloo versus Omaha. And uh, Rick, I'll get you to put your analysis down on this one. Uh, we, t- we, we teased uh, Emmett Croto as the other unnamed uh, um, goalie um, so far during the season. Um, and uh, he gave up two goals on 23 shots in that uh, in that game. Um, with Waterloo winning uh, the first a- again, um, he'll he'll make the jump to the NCAA uh, next season, um, and and we'll have more to say about him. But we're going to keep an eye on him uh, during this uh, playoff run in the USHL. And uh, speaking of the NCAA, the NCAA Hockey Champ- Championship Frozen Four has come uh, to an end, and big congratulations to the. Quinnipiac University Bobcats, who beat the University of Minnesota Golden Gophers 3-2 in overtime. Bit of an exciting game. Uh, This one, uh, pretty close. Uh, I know, Rick, you're a big NCAA fan. How did you feel about this one? Uh, The Golden Gophers look to be in uh, complete control. Uh, Third period lead. We know Rep uh, Pitlick, uh, part of that squad. Uh, cruising to uh, yet another championship. Quinnipiac not yet won an NCAA uh, championship uh, they tied it late, uh, a penalty, a bad penalty uh, by Logan Cooley, uh, uh, kind of a roughing or uh, penalty. Uh, he went to, to the box, and uh, it was just after the penalty expired that Quinnipiac tied it up. 
And then on a set play in overtime, it was beautiful. And, and the Quinnipiac uh, players said they practiced it a hundred times, uh, but it was set up to perfection, won the faceoff, scored uh, the overtime winning goal 10 seconds into overtime. Uh, very exciting. And, and congratulations to Quinnipiac uh, University winning their first uh, championship. Quinnipiac goaltender Yaniv Peretz signed a two-year entry-level contract with the Carolina Hurricanes. I know you're a big fan of this guy. You were hoping that maybe Montreal would go after him, but uh, it's the Carolina Hurricanes that come out victorious here. Smart signing for Carolina. We talked about this guy. Um, probably the second best uh, uh, goalie uh, this season uh, to the aforementioned Devin Levi um, in the NCAA. And uh, and he's a Montreal uh, kid, um, big fan of Carey Price, um, and modeled his game after Carey Price from Dollard, and and uh, he is uh, signed by the, the Carolina Hurricanes. And some good news for some Habs prospects. Uh, Lane Hudson was named to the All-USCHO second team, and Sean Farrell was named to the All-USCHO third team this past week. Uh, good seasons for both of them. They were both standouts, and uh, nice to see that Sean Farrell had an NHL opportunity at the end. And Lane Hudson, a bit of news uh, during the week was that he's uh, committed to go back to his college team uh, next season. And and that should be no surprise. Uh, Just his rookie season this past year, a a record-breaking rookie season, uh, but he has a chance to go back and gain some more experience and and maybe grow a little um, before Mm -hmm. he uh, jumps to the pro. So that's, uh, I think that's good prospect news. Yeah, so be sure to read all the content at AHL.Report. Also, listen to and subscribe to The Press Zone. Episodes come out every single Tuesday, hosted by Amy Johnson, Patrick Williams, and you get some Rick Stevens in there as well. Uh, Looking around the league for some hockey news, uh, quite a bit of uh, firings that went on (laughs) and lots of different ways to say the word firing. Uh, We'll start off with the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, They will not renew the contract of head coach Dallas Eakins. Uh, The Ducks finished last place in the NHL. I think that's probably by design. Yeah, and and, uh, not, not a surprise there. Uh, Pittsburgh Penguins have relieved president of hockey operations Brian Burke, general manager Ron Hextall, and assistant uh, general manager uh, Chris Pryor of their duties. Uh, Disappointing season for Pittsburgh. Like I said, loser for my week. Uh, I think they need some new faces in there. Try to spice things up and see if they can get this uh, core back in action. Clean house, well, except uh, Coach Sullivan. And I think uh, given that, that the rest of hockey operations management was tossed, uh, you know, the, the, the Sullivan's contract, well, his, his, his status is uh, kind of up in the air going forward. Uh, Washington Capitals and head coach Peter Laviolette have agreed to mutually part ways. Uh, so I think that's a pretty good head coach that's uh, going to be available for any team that uh, needs a new coach. Yeah, it just didn't work in, in Washington. And uh, as, as you said last week, uh, a very disappointing season for them. Jonathan Taves has played his final game with the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, He won three cups there in Chicago, Uh, the Blackhawks in rebuild mode. They traded away Patrick Kane. So I think uh, I felt like this was coming. It'll be interesting to see where uh, Taves lands in the offseason. Yeah, probably would have had he been um, healthy, probably would have been traded at the trade deadline. Um, It was a nice way for him to to leave. He had a goal in, in the final game. He did a lap. 
um, uh, of the ice. He, uh, he was uh, um, appreciated by his teammates um, and, uh, and, and the fans in, in Chicago. One of the great captains um, of the Chicago Blackhawks. He, he said he's, he's unsure about his future, whether he'll come back or whether he'll retire. He's kind of 50-50 on that. Um, just a classy guy and, and, uh, and, and one of the, one of the grades, uh, the Columbus blue jackets have fired head coach, Brad Larson and goaltending coach Manny legacy, uh, Columbus blue jackets were 31st in the league. And again, kind of similar to the Anaheim ducks. I think that was very much by design. Yeah. Their goal dif- differential was, uh, even worse than the, the Canadians at, uh, 106 minus 116. And so, uh, not a surprise to see their goaltending coach go, uh, as well. Uh, Brad Larson, kind of a, a player's coach, but, um, but they'll look for, for someone new. And, and, uh, Yarmo Kekalegan said, uh, I'm tired of watching the playoffs on TV. Oof. Yeah. Good quote from Yarmo. <laughs> I like Yarmo a lot, I actually. Do I do too. <laughs> Uh, so I think this is going to be a good time to take a break here. We're going to hear a message from our sponsors, DraftKings, and then we'll get to our big topic segment, moving from development to ownership. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. It's NBA playoffs time. That means big hoops action with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Get in on the excitement of every game with a touch of a button. New customers can make a $5 pre-game Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Plus, everyone can score a no-sweat same-game parlay every day during the NBA playoffs. Open the DraftKings Sportsbook app, opt in, and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get a bonus bet back up to $10. Download the app now and sign up with code THPN. New customers can make a $5 pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if their team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, KS. 21 and over in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. My name is Michael Spinella. Make sure to give me a follow on Twitter at the Spinella. And with me in the studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure to give him a follow as well. You can also follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, check out the website, canadiansconnection.com. 
And a little reminder here to hit that subscribe button uh, for the Canadians Connection podcast in the player on your favorite podcast app. Uh, Like we said off the top of the show, we'll be here right through the summer every single Saturday, and you do not want to miss a single episode. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. And this is our big topic segment, moving from development to ownership. So the Montreal Canadiens 2022-23 season is now over. Uh, This was uh, the final week for them. They got to clean out their lockers. Tons of media availabilities on Friday, April the 14th that uh, we're going to talk about. But uh, lots of things for Habs fans to get excited for uh, the draft lotteries coming up. The actual draft in Nashville, that's going to be a big deal too. And free agency, of course. So plenty of things for Habs fans to still look look forward to. But uh, let's start things off by taking a few minutes to review this past season. And starting things off here... What did we learn this past season? There were plenty of things. I I think we narrowed down a few things that uh, we did learn. And uh, you know what? We might still have some questions about how some of these will continue to develop. But uh, a few positives, a few negatives here. And uh, Rick, I'll start things off here. The Canadians have a lot of very talented defensemen right now. And uh, even as rookies, they seemed uh, like they slid in and uh, found a role on this team. Well, we talked about, or or I talked about, um, my philosophy in, in with respect to development is opportunity, and there was a lot of opportunity uh, for the young defense to 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 get experience, to get NHL valuable NHL experience, and we talked about our our predictions uh, last week about we didn't know um, Kent Hughes has had said that he would be rotating the young defenseman in and out of Laval. That didn't happen. For the most part, uh, with the exception of, of uh, Justin Barron uh, spending time in Laval, but um, Caden Gooley was um, he was solid uh, right away. He was an NHL defenseman right away. Uh, he made a difference, and he was probably the Canadians' best defenseman or most impactful defenseman when he was in the lineup. Uh, Jordan Harris he took a, a little bit of time to. Uh, get his feet under him, but he brought a unique kind of skill, and and he looked like an NHL defenseman. Um, he's a little bit undersized, but he's a a beast in the weight room, and he showed that he can he use his uh, size effectively. Uh, Justin Barron, um, there's few on the Canadians who can make that first pass like him, can move the puck like him. He has some deficiencies on the defensive side. Uh, but for all three of those uh, players, what an incredible amount of, of, of experience that they got. Um, and, and it was, you know, we're not even talking yet about Arbor Jacki and, and Jonathan Kovacevic, who, who each uh, progressed as well. But I'm thinking of, of those players as kind of, um, you know, maybe your sixth defenseman, maybe your seventh defenseman going fo- forward. Uh, but Gooley, Harris, Barron, uh, they they establish themselves that they are going to be part of this defense core, um, and in the future the opportunity to add a Logan Mayu and and Elaine Hudson, um, these guys are are here to stay. Yeah, I think you go back to that preseason, and we were almost worried that there were going to be too many young defensemen. But after a couple of games into this regular season, I felt like, okay, there's not enough. These guys are clearly better than the veterans right now. So nice to watch how these guys developed and uh, looking forward to see how they can progress next year. Uh, the next thing is Nick Suzuki. 
I think we all had a suspicion that this was going to be the case, but Nick Suzuki, definitely one of the most consistent players on the team and really just a stabilizing force for them. Uh, 63 points on the year. The next closest guy was Doc with 38 points, so not really particularly even close. Uh, but uh, how did you feel about Nick Suzuki? Well, when you look at other number one centers on contending teams, um, you know, Nick Suzuki, his his numbers pale in comparison. Um, but there's 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 growth that 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 can still happen with him. But the fact that he was uh, counted on in every one of those 82 games and the only player to do that, um, the fact that he he was out there always against uh, the other uh, team's top lines, uh, and he was carrying the the burden of of being a, a captain, the youngest captain, um, uh, his first year as being captain um, as well. Um, you know, was he was he an instant captain? No, um, but he learned how to be the captain. He uh, and he's learning how to be a, a, a number one um, center for uh, the Montreal Canadiens, and and all that is. All that is is difficult, um, but he approaches it with calm. He approaches it with uh, with class, and and um, and and he's just as as you said, a stabilizing force uh, for this this uh, this team that's in transition. And his line mate had a pretty good season as well in Cole Caulfield. I think I had a few questions about Caulfield coming out after uh, Ducharme. It seemed like under uh, Ducharme, he couldn't get it done. He was sent down to Laval. All of a sudden, Marty St. Louis comes in and uh, Cole Caulfield starts to feel pretty good about himself. He starts scoring. So coming into the season, he he was going to be an interesting player to watch. And I, I think he does have that 40 goal potential. I had my doubts, but uh, he was certainly <laughs> on pace for that. Um, 26 goals in 46 games. Uh, fortunately, a shoulder injury ended that season. But uh, there was a point there where it just felt like every single game, Caulfield was going to pot at least one goal. Yeah, and the, on pace for maybe a 45 goal season. But um, did we know that? As you said, going into the season, no. Um, but but he's has that potential. Um, I think the challenge, the real challenge for the Suzuki and Caulfield uh, pairing is to find uh, the, the third part of uh, the, the, the other winger, uh, the third player for that uh, trio. Um, and, and in the, the Marty St. Louis, um, the way he's coaching Cole Caulfield, he's not um, harnessing him with, with uh, uh, or burdening him with, with uh, the, the defensive responsibilities. So you need a defensive conscience on, on that line. Um, and that'll be the challenge going forward. But we, we have no worries about Suzuki or Caulfield. Yeah, the first half of that season, uh, the defensive conscience was a Kirby Doc. And it took a while before we were able to see Kirby Doc uh, play consistently at center. But when he did get to center, I think we felt like he was pretty he was a pretty good center. Uh, easily the number two on this team could potentially push for that number one spot. Good two-way play. I was very confident uh, with him uh, his pl- and his play away from the puck. Uh, used his size very well. The one thing that I think Doc still needs to approve upon is that face-off percentage. Kirby Doc is a center. Point for now. I mean, he is yep. a center. That's it. Um, and, and, and end of discussion. And that's what we learned this season. He is, uh, when he plays that center, he's an impact player. Um, he he drives the play. He he moves the needle. Use any phrase you want. 
Um, he is a different player when he's at center, and he's the kind of player that the Canadians need going forward. And if uh, he reaches his potential, it was a brilliant move. Um, and I was nervous about it at the time, um, given that there were lots of question marks about Kirby Doc. But uh, um, the steps that he has taken this this season, um, he he's he's a center, no question. But uh, you know what? One player that I think the Habs probably don't need on their roster going forward, uh, Jonathan Drouin, unfortunately. So the nightmare of the Jonathan Drouin trade has hopefully come to an end here. I really, I don't see why they would want to bring him back next year. It took a full calendar year for him to get uh, an, a goal. Uh, yeah, basically one year to the date almost uh, where he uh, scored uh, consecutive goals there. So uh, yeah, hope he, hopefully the Jonathan Druin uh, nightmare is over. Dismantling all of the bad decisions of the Bergevin era is taking time. It is taking time, but this is one that needs to be put to rest and uh, that was a horrible trade, and it impacted uh, the the Montreal Canadiens having and not having that transition from a Markov to a Sergachev um, impacted the Canadians for years and years and years. Um, it was it was a, a trade, uh, not a hockey trade. It was a trade done for all the wrong reasons, um, and uh, it it's time, as I say, as as we say, that nightmare. Uh, comes to an end. Jonathan Duran's uh, future probably ends up in 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 Europe. Uh, is there a team that takes a chance on him next year? Uh, maybe. Good luck to them. Um, but in in the not too distant future, uh, if he continues to play hockey, it will uh, likely be in Europe. And uh, the Canadians will say goodbye to a couple of expiring contracts. Uh, hopefully, they can free up some cap space. So. Uh, or coming off another year where they're outside of the playoffs and just very little cap flexibility uh, the season uh, just before they were last place and no cap space. So it's uh, it's nice to see that we'll be able to let some expiring contracts just expire and uh, walk away. Paul Byron's contract will, will expire. Um, Chris Tierney, nice little fill-in, but uh, he his his contract, he will likely move on. Uh, Dennis Gurionov, um, you know, I, 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 I didn't like the move at the time and, uh, he's proven to, to be exactly what, what he was in Dallas that, um, he, he'll, he'll show up for brief moments and, and, uh, um, you know, then, then completely disappear. Um, the Canadians, he's on a, a restricted free agent, as we've said before, if the Canadians wanted to qualify him, it would be at $3 million or thereabouts. There's not a chance that they will. If they bring him back at all, it would be, you know, on a, as a free agent, as an unrestricted free agent at much, much less money than that. But I think that the, the Canadians in their prospects have uh, a number of players who could do the job, do a better job um, than Dennis Karyanov. One thing we know for sure is that the Canadians need that future number one goaltender because what they have in-house right now, it's not too great. Uh, Jake Allen, uh, his record on this season is a 3.55 goals against average, a .891 save percentage. Uh, he, he did his best. He stole some games at times. He was a Molson Cup winner, but unfortunately uh, uh, at this point in his career, certainly uh, better suited as a backup. Uh, he, he's a veteran guy. He's been around a while, and uh, his 
brand new contract to actually will kick in next season, and it looks like he's getting a bit of a raise, so I, I don't think that Allen's going to be going anywhere. Uh, Montembeau, uh, his uh, save percentage, uh, 9.01 goals against average was 3.42. So it, it is pretty similar to what Allen was able to do. And I know a lot of people are saying, you know, Montembeau is the number one uh, goalie of the future. I don't see it. His numbers just aren't good enough. And uh, fundamentally, he's just not a good, uh, good enough goalie. Although I will say he surpassed my expectations a little bit playing 40 games. I think he could be an all right backup going forward. And uh, of course, Caden Primo, I've not seen enough from him to make me think that he's an NHL goaltender. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Um, and Jake Allen had a bit of a run, but as he can, um, but he's not a number one goaltender. And, and that, uh, that story was written a long time ago. Um, Sam Montembeau, um, you know, put all the, the, the lipstick you want on the pig. Um, it, 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 it is what it is. Um, there isn't this remarkable transfer transformation, uh, to, a, a sparkling number one goaltender, um, at, at his age, um, 901-342, as you said, um, uh, those, those are, uh, passable numbers maybe for a backup, um, and even if you look at the advanced stats, uh, goal saved above, above average, he's uh, 62nd in, in the NHL. Um, the, remarkably, there is one stat that's always referred to uh, goal saved above expected, uh, where he's about 15th in the league thereabouts. But you don't, you don't base his play. You watch him. You watch his technique. It, it just isn't there. Um, and, um, and, and yes, maybe he can be, a a backup for, for a while, but the, the Canadians are trying to build uh, a team that can sustain itself, sustain itself in wins. Um, the, the, the shopping list, they still need, they still need a number one, a, a, play, a player with the potential of being a number one goaltender. Another thing that we know for sure is the Canadians have a major problem with their medical team. Uh, the injuries after injuries were, were, yeah, they were ridiculous. Players getting injured and still playing. I felt like that shouldn't have happened. This was a big topic that came up during uh, Ken Hughes and Jeff Gordon's press conference uh, on this past uh, Friday. Yeah, we're going to get to more about it in a minute. But but yes, the the numbers leading the league last year, uh, in uh, man games lost, uh, setting a record this year um, shouldn't happen. And and more concerning is not only the, the games, but how the injuries and secondary injuries um, happened, uh, the predictions about them, uh, when, when players would come back. Th- this is a major problem. And uh, well, what type of uh, coach was head coach Martin St. Louis going to shape out to be? Well, he's the type of coach who teaches and provide some inspiration. I think that's about what we expected. Uh, seems like he's very like to, amongst the players. And uh, Rick, what are your thoughts on this? Um, Marty St. Louis, we, as as we said last week, the the book isn't written yet on what kind of coach he's, he's going to be. That's still unknown. But what we do know is that um, he inspires the players. He brings positivity. Um, and that that he can teach specific skills. Um, he was a skills development um uh, assistant uh, in Columbus, and and those are the kinds of things that he excels at. Um, he's not very good in in um, you know uh, game planning or um, s- selecting a, a strategy or or all of those pre scouting those kinds of things. That's not his 
the, the other thing, he has the worst uh, record among coaches in terms of uh, coaches' challenges. Um, that, that's not one thing he does well. But there are things he does well. Um, and um, the Canadians need someone else. Special teams, they need someone who can um, help them in special teams. They need someone who can... Um, who and it's typically the head coach who de- designs the the game strategy, the game planning, um, and and I I hope that they they augment their assistance um, with some. Marty's not going anywhere, so they need to augment their um, assistance with with a, someone who has the skills that can make up for uh, Marty's deficits. And uh, I know fans uh, can be a little bit impatient about uh, rebuilding and it might not always be fun to try and watch, but uh, you know what? The Montreal Canadiens can be kind of entertaining during this rebuild. They had uh, plenty of games where they, they were right in it until the end and they made things exciting. I'll admit though, there were a couple months in there, particularly December, January, where it was a little bit rough, but uh, you know what? Overall, I think they took a little bit of a step forward uh, this season, uh, definitely not as bad as they were the year before. Management set forth its expectations. They said it was going to be a season all about development, that results uh, weren't, weren't going to be the focus. Um, and, 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 and those adjusted expectations, uh, fans, fans bought in. Uh, whether they'll do the same next year, that's, that's a big question. But yes, the Canadians were, for the most part, competitive um, it, it's not easy to see them going on losing, losing streaks. And especially around the holidays, uh, they were getting beat up, uh, pretty badly. Um, but, uh, for the most part, this was an entertaining season for fans. So Friday, April the 15th, uh, was the end of season media availability for the players and, uh, most of the management, uh, we got to hear from many of them, and uh, they had some interesting things to say. Uh, we'll start things off with uh, Paul Byron. Uh, Byron w- has been placed on IR for the better part of the last two seasons. He's set to become a free agent this offseason, and uh, Rick, what did he have to say? Well, um, Paul Byron would like to play. He would like to come back and be a player. But every time he goes on the ice, he <clears throat> he feels pain. Um and that's not likely to change. That's not going to be improved by surgery. Uh, he doesn't have any surgery scheduled in the future. He said it's just simply uh, years of wear and tear. Um, so uh, his preference is to be part of the team going forward. If he's not able to to continue playing, he wants to stay with the Canadians and transition to um, some other kind of role um, you know, maybe into player development, although he wouldn't be like a Rob Ramage on the, on the ice or an Adam Nicholas on the ice, uh, a different kind of role. And he spent a lot of time this past season, um, in the box with, um, uh, Jeff Gordon and, uh, Kent Hughes, um, and learning, uh, learning about how to, to, uh, break down games and that sort of thing. He would like to stay part of the organization. He's a smart guy. Um, it would probably be a good decision to have him around. Yeah, I like Paul Byron. He seems like he's uh, he's got a good hockey IQ, so I can see him uh, being someone that can uh, transition into the office uh, fairly smooth. So we'll look forward to seeing what uh, is able to happen there. Uh, another player that uh, had a season derailed by injuries, uh, Sean Monahan. Uh, he was somebody that uh, we were hoping could be flipped out at the deadline for a big return. Uh, fortunately, injuries did not allow that to happen, and uh, we get to hear from him a little bit too. 
I, I would love to come back here. It's a special place to play. I mean, I didn't get to play enough. It's uh, you get chills walking out in the Bell Center ice. So I think uh, I would love to come back, and we'll see if we can make something work. So speaking very positively about coming back, and he would come back as a free agent uh, at at certainly less money than um, he he finished out the year um, at. Um, he talked about how it was a long year, that it was a grind, um, that, that, that whole recovery process was difficult. Um, we remember that, that he had a, a foot injury. He was in a boot, broken foot. Um, but uh, he walked into, um, uh, into Calgary and, and uh, in a boot and discarded it and played that game. Was that smart? Um, he looks at that situation. It, it meant the world to him to, to play in that game, uh, but he regrets it now because it led to um, a groin injury and, and an injury that, um, that, that kept him out the, the rest of the season. Um, he wasn't available for, for trade at the trade deadline. Um, he he said that that injury is almost healed and he expects to be back on the ice soon and has will have a full uh summer to uh to get back to to normal um i i think it's um we talked about if there was one player to bring back maybe a Sean Monahan would be that player uh the effect that he had was very positive he seems to like playing in montreal but you know if someone comes uh, reaches out to him in free agency and says, yeah, but you have an opportunity to win a cup here. Uh, that's pretty attractive too. So don't, uh, don't uh, uh, maybe pencil him into your, your roster for next year, but don't write it in marker just yet. Yeah. I feel like if he does come back next year, it's going to be pretty similar to what we were hoping to do with him this year and flipping him out to a contender yeah. at the deadline anyway. So I, I wouldn't mind any of that. Uh, we get to hear from Jake Allen as well. Uh, his con- like I said earlier, his contract uh, kicks in at the beginning of next season. I wouldn't expect him to be going anywhere. And uh, Rick, uh, what did Jake Allen have to say? Uh, he expects to be back. Um, and uh, most of his uh, press conference was, uh, he was talking about the young defense and how well they they played in front of him. He, he said, you know, he had to be <laughs> on his toes at times because uh, they don't, play predictably necessarily um, but he was very complimentary to them and uh, I think the key point uh, and you mentioned it uh, was that his salary moves from um, 2.8 million to 3.8 million uh, starting next year for the next two years is is Jake Allen uh, a 3.8 million dollar goaltender anymore probably not um, so he might be will he be offered in the off season, or would this be uh, something that would wait until uh, the trade deadline? Uh, but I, I, I expect that that Jake um, is going to be a, a player that that uh, Kent Hughes will try to move at some point. Uh, we also hear from uh, Jonathan Drouin. Drouin's a player who's been here for about six years. He went on that Wild Cup run a couple years back. Surely he has something interesting to say about Montreal. No, <laughs> he. Um, it was very interesting. He said that he's enjoyed his time. Uh, he's been in Montreal for six years. Um, he said that um, it probably took him about a good three to four years to get used to playing in Montreal. And that was the that was his reason for why he didn't 
make the kind of impact that um, that that there was that was expected out of him. And he said, whatever your expectations were of him, his were higher. Um, he said, looking back, that um, he's made a, a lot of good friends. And when he's uh, 60 um, and looking back at his career, that's what he's going to remember is the good friends that he made. He said that he thinks that he can still play uh, in the NHL. He doesn't know whether there'll be opportunities or not. Yeah, so like I said, set to become a free agent this summer, and uh, I'll be certainly monitoring him to see uh, if anyone bites. Uh, we hear from uh, Brendan Gallagher as well. Gallagher is a player where injuries have been a big issue for him the last couple of years. Uh, he only got into 37 games this year, and uh, we found out uh, from uh, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon that uh, he actually played while he was injured for a little bit. Uh, we'll hear from Brendan Gallagher on his injuries. Uh, I don't know what it was, game... 12 maybe against Vancouver, blocked a shot uh, and broke my ankle at the time. So I played with it for a month, uh, kind of figured out it uh, wasn't, wasn't working so well. Tried to tried to take a month off. Uh, you know, by all accounts, it, it was healed and taken care of, but it, uh, it unfortunately wasn't. And then broke it in the same place uh, shortly after when I came back there. And, uh, you know, try to play through it a little bit again, but uh, it wasn't happening. So unfortunate. Um, you know, it's just it's really unlucky, obviously, to, to break something twice. I mean, anyone who knows anything is about uh, yeah, you, know, you break a bone, it heals, and it's supposed to be stronger. So unfortunately, uh, I just dealt with that this year. And you know, the positive side of it, uh, everything I had been dealing with in the past uh, was all good this year, and not a lot of wear and tear on that. But uh, very frustrating. Obviously, missed so many games with. Um, you know, something that you, you feel uh, you would like to heal quick. So, um, and I should say all of that uh, noise in, in the room, not not uh, not our doing, uh, but Bre- Brendan Gallagher, you can hear um, that he's just kind of looking back and it was like, um, what happened? Uh, the rest of me was fine, um, but it was just this, this silly ankle thing um, uh, that he broke uh, when blocking a shot. Game 12, um, in Vancouver. Um, the thing that bothers me here is um, he played on it for a month. He played on a broken ankle. You know, it's a Bobby Bond kind of thing for a month. Um, and then he took a month off and let it heal. And then when he came back, um, he broke it again in the same place or um, he was asked um or was it just not properly healed and you came back too soon? And he said, well, I don't know. Uh, you know, was there another incident, a similar incident that broke your hand? He said he didn't know. Um, this this injury, and there's others, um, really casts a bad light on the medical staff. And, and you know, he didn't, he didn't go there. He just said he was really unlucky. He said that he wasn't necessarily totally honest with the medical staff. Um, but if you do a scan and you see a broken ankle, that player shouldn't be playing. Um, and, you know, a month uh, after he played on it a month, he sat out a month. Why was he back in the lineup again um, if it wasn't healed properly uh, and there was, you know, there was opportunity for it to be rebroken or, or, or if it wasn't set properly? Anyway, this, this one was really concerning, and, and it comes up later. Uh, it was one uh, an injury that um, that Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon were asked about specifically. 
Yeah, we'll certainly circle back to that in a little bit. Uh, Kirby Doc, uh, someone else we got to hear from. It was really nice to see that uh, this trade worked out very well for the Montreal Canadiens and that he fit in at uh, center. Uh, what did uh, Kirby Doc have to say about this season? He's very quiet and he doesn't give you too much in, in interviews. Um, he was asked about center or, or wing and he said, you know, how much fun it was to, to play with Suzuki and Caulfield. But he said, I'm a natural center. And, and yes, <laughs> obviously that's where he prefers to play. Um, he said that, that, um, that what he learned uh, this, this last year was not to, to run around and chase hits but to play hard, play strong, play big. Those were his, his words uh, to create more space for himself. And he thought that he was able to do that and take a first step to being an impact player, but um, kind of acknowledge that he wasn't quite there yet or wasn't able to do that consistently. Um, the other thing that was a bit concerning here was that he had confirmed that he had uh, suffered a concussion uh, and that's what kept him out of the lineup. Uh, we heard from Cole Caulfield a little bit too. He's an RFA at the end of uh, this season. Uh, I think this season he proved that he was a really good goal scorer like we talk about. And uh, Rick, uh, what did we hear from Caulfield? Another player that doesn't say a whole lot, that 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 kind of puts out the, the canned lines. Um, he was obviously asked about his contract uh, and the negotiations. He said he's not really uh, been involved all that much, that... His focus is on his his rehab. Um, he said, you know, he's not concerned at all. There's no rush by either side. He's, he says it will get done. Um, and um, on his injury, on his rehab, he expects to have a full season of, of uh, off-season of training uh, and will be ready uh, for uh, training camp. Uh, as part of that, he said that he's got the all clear to play golf as of June 1st. So <laughs> he expects that he'll be shooting some pucks by then as well. Uh, he'll, he said that he'll be back uh, home in Wisconsin um, uh, for the summer, won't be uh, hanging around in Montreal. Uh, somebody who's been swarmed with the trade rumors pretty much since the beginning of the season, uh, Josh Anderson. Uh, tough year for him uh, having to deal with all these rumors. Uh, I, I don't know. It feels like at some point uh, there might be a trade uh, coming up, right? Yeah. Uh, let's, let's listen to this because Josh, Josh Anderson was uh, not a happy boy on Friday. To be honest with you, um, I'm not going to get into details of that. You know, you guys had your time with the trade deadline and brought out all these rumors. Um, sign a long-term contract here for the next four years. I'm a Montreal Canadian. Um, I'm here, I'm in the present, um, ready to win, and whatever you guys want to write, stories or whatnot, trade rumors, for now I'm a Montreal Canadian. So. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he's not happy, and, and he's venting at the media. And, and you know, they... they, they, they um, have their place and, and uh, deserve some criticism at times. In this respect, talking about, um, you know, you came up with your stories, you uh, at the trade deadline and, and uh, uh, you ran with them and you write whatever you want, whether it's true or not. All of that kind of stuff was, was kind of a bit over the top. Given that, um, you know, it was, it was Kent Hughes that said there's, the player that that um, he was getting the most calls on uh, around the trade deadline was Josh Anderson. He he said it, 
Uh, and he said that he had had a, a conversation with Josh about it and was quite open with him. Um, so this wasn't, in this case, it wasn't media-generated um, necessarily. Um, it, it, um, Josh Anderson is not happy, um, I think, with the direction of, of the Montreal Canadiens. Um, you know, he, he said uh, that he's here to win. Uh, we better start winning. Uh, we better change things, and and the, the the winning better start pretty soon. He said at the end, um, he's he's uh, he's he's not necessarily uh, patient, and and understandably so. Uh, he's at uh, I guess the prime of his career. Um, is he a, a, a top six player on a contending team? No, he's not. He's just not consistent enough for that. But when he turns it on and, and for the playoffs, maybe he could be that person, uh, that player, uh, that, that would be very desirable. And, and for sure, Kent Hughes had offers on him. Uh, Kent Hughes had a price in mind. It didn't happen. Kent Hughes probably feels that he can get that price uh, more likely with more bidders in the offseason. We'll see what happens there. Um, but, but Josh Anderson was not, is not happy. He said he's a Montreal Canadian for now. Uh, and, um, and, and the other thing he said, uh, we know that he's been out, um, he, with a high ankle sprain, uh, wearing a walking boot. Um, he expects to be out of the, the walking boot in three or four weeks, uh, and then, uh, be able to skate sometime after that. And, and, expects to be good to go by uh, training camp. But will it be at the Montreal Canadiens training camp or somewhere else? Um, Josh Allen, or sorry, uh, uh, Josh Anderson is impatient. Um, and uh, and I think he wants to be uh, elsewhere um, with a team that's going somewhere right right away. Yeah, somebody who was a little less emotional uh, with the Montreal media, Mike Matheson. Uh, Matheson was, of course, a big piece acquired back in the Jeff Petrie trade. Uh, Started the year off uh, injured, uh, came back, got injured again, uh, struggled to find some consistency early on. But uh, towards the end there, I will say I liked uh, what he brought to the table. Um, I think he was approached by uh, Hockey Canada, no? He was uh, to join the, them, um, Team Canada, for the World Championships. Uh, he said he hasn't yet made a decision, um, and that uh, he would talk to family and and uh, and and then make a decision on whether he'll be joining them or not. Uh, another defenseman, uh, Joel Edmondson. Uh, this is a player that uh, at times was injured this year. He seems like uh, maybe his body's getting the best of him a little bit, but uh, certainly part of the leadership core, and uh, he's, he's going to be back next year, I believe. Yes, maybe. <laughs> he, he, expe- <laughs> he expects to be back, but I think um, uh, the two players who um who weren't necessarily on the same page about the the patient approach um if if there were um in in the media availability were Josh Anderson uh and Joel Edmondson um uh, Joel Edmondson is always going to say the right thing but I thought it was interesting um that the quote that he had on uh on Friday was some of the quote some of the guys here at the peak of their careers it's difficult for them to be part of a reconstruction. Some nights it's frustrating, but we have to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. 
So when they, they step back and take a look at the bigger picture and what it means for the Montreal Canadiens, they can convince themselves, they can understand. But if they think about their personal situation, you know, it's not the best for a player like uh, Joel Edmondson, who, you know, his, his back is, um, it, it's difficult for him to play. And he's, he's got to wonder how many years that, that he has left. Um, and, and, and again, Josh Anderson, and, and I, I just found his quote here, uh, where he agrees, I think, with Joel Edmondson saying, we have to be better. Um, finishing at the bottom uh, uh, of the league is not synonymous with success. We, we have come here, we have come to Montreal to win. Sooner or later, this process will have to begin. So there's two players there that um, could be moved elsewhere speculating um, based on um, what they would like for their careers. And uh, someone that the media absolutely loves, uh, Sam Montembeau, the goalie. Um, he came in, uh, I think, like I said earlier, a little bit better than what I thought uh, getting into 40 games, but uh, I don't really see him as a goalie of the future. But uh, do you think he has any opportunities to improve his game over this offseason? Well, we'll see, and and he's going to get a bit of experience uh, with Hockey Canada, where he he's accepted their invitation, um, and and that's that's smart. That's that's really smart on Sam Montembeau's part. He'll get a chance to um, to to play uh, with different players. Uh, we don't know wh- where he's going to be in in the goalie rotation for uh, for Team Canada, but he'll get to learn from other other goaltenders um, and to get that. Uh, um, experience playing for your country, I think that's very positive. Yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, Nick Suzuki, the first-year uh, captain, uh, what's he going to do in regards to Hockey Canada? Well, he played all 82 two games, and he said uh, he's a little banged up. Uh, didn't, didn't necessarily say that there's an injury, but um, said that it's been a long season, uh, so he wants to rest. Um, he's not going to play for Team Canada um, he talked a lot in his media availability about learning to be a, a captain. Um, and uh, I, I think he took the first steps uh, um, this year and uh, is taking, he, he said he was pretty uncomfortable the first few weeks, but he, he grew into the role as, as it went along. He's going to be around as he did last uh, off season. He's going to be around Montreal. So you're going to be seeing him at the events. He's really looking forward to F1 uh, this summer. Uh, so Marty St. Louis the head coach of the Montreal Canadiens surely he would have had something interesting to say uh, during uh, this uh, end of the season availability and uh, you know what we talked about last year that uh, we'd like to see Marty uh, spend the summer working on uh, uh, I guess being a head coach uh, gaining some experience Uh, what happened here with Marty St. Louis uh, he bolted <laughs> right after the Boston game. <laughs> that was his that what that game of that post game availability was his last uh, interaction with the media. Curiously, he was not part of the uh, media availability for the the closeout day. Uh, wasn't wasn't there at all, and um, and it was reported that he had declined um, an invitation uh, from Hockey Canada to be part of. Uh, their coaching staff and and again for someone with such you know little experience as as a coach that that would be a a great opportunity to learn learn from other coaches may make uh, relationships 
Um, it, it's not his style. He wants to, I guess, uh, run the show and, and, um, and being part of a group uh, for Hockey Canada uh, wasn't of interest to him. And uh, it wasn't of interest of him to, uh, to do a review of, of the season either. Um, he has started his off season already. All right, straight to the beach. Uh, I like that style. <laughs> uh, so let's uh, let's take a look at uh, how management would evaluate the season. We had a pretty long press conference uh, with both Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon. Uh, one of the main things that happens right at the end of the year is exit interviews. So they take the time to talk to all the players. And uh, what uh, did we learn uh, from Kent Hughes about these exiting interviews? Well, there were so many of them, uh, so many players involved, that the exit interviews began early, began on Thursday. Uh, The injured players had their exit interviews Thursday, the rest uh, on Friday. Um, What we learned with respect to the, the exit interviews is that Kent Hughes said that no player was told that they would not be returning um, he said that players without contracts uh, were told that um, we'll get back to you. Um, and so mm-hmm. um, and, and no bad news delivered on Friday. And uh, did uh, Kent Hughes uh, talk about that coaching staff at all? I know that coaching staff is something that we've talked about quite a bit on this podcast. We've uh, scrutinized uh, particularly Alex Burrows uh, for his role in uh, being the power play coach and whatnot. Uh, what do we expect him to say about this? Well, he said uh, that that they had no plans to make any coaching changes. They're obviously very happy with um, um, Marty St. Louis. They talked about a heaviness around the team when Dom Charm um, was there and that uh, his positivity has been uh, very positive and, and has brought a lightness uh, around the team and, and uh, they appreciate that. With respect to um, uh, Marty's assistants, they they said there's no plans to make changes. Now, plans can change, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, overall, there's there's uh, there's no imminent plan to make a change. Um, I I think you and I agree that uh, uh, would they be wise to take a look at uh, those special teams coaches? Um, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, well, there's that famous quote uh, that happened right at the beginning of the year that this was going to be the season of intentions, uh, not about results. And that uh, has to do with the development. Uh, So what did uh, Kent Hughes have to say about uh, the development that went on this year? Well, he acknowledged, uh, and I thought good on him for acknowledging that uh, development plans were interrupted, were halted, um, didn't happen um, in the cases of players like Arbor Jackai, uh, uh, you know, his season was was shortened. Um, in the case uh, for sure of Yuri Slavkovsky, um, and and that there was there's so much more work to be done uh, with a player like like that. Um, but uh, in the in the same vein that that uh, because of all the injuries that created opportunities. Uh, for other players to get NHL experience, and they did that, which may have helped accelerate uh, development plans for a player like uh, Justin Barron or 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 uh, Jordan Harris. A topic that I was pretty glad came up uh, during their presser was injuries, because there have just been too many injuries. And it's it's getting a little bit out of control. Uh, we actually got to hear from Jeff Gordon about this. 
We did. Um, and and uh, Jeff Gordon, um, he, he said that, that they're, they're well aware that uh, last year they led the, 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 the league in man games lost, that this year they set a record. They're well aware, and um, they're going to meet um, with everyone uh, in the organization um, and uh, see where they can improve to break down, to go through, as we did, um, the Gallagher injury, the Monaghan injury, Cole Caulfield, um, you know, playing with a, a, a bad shoulder for a month, and, and he had put it back into place a couple of times before they shut him down. All of those things are going to be um, reviewed. He said, you know, I don't like to hear that a player played on a broken ankle. I don't like, I don't like to um, hear that at all. Uh, Kent Hughes said, we need to do a better job in some cases protecting a player from themselves. Um, you know, the, the same thing with, with uh, Monaghan. Secondary in your injuries, uh, the Yol Armia where where a respiratory injury a respiratory situation went on for so long, all of those things have to be uh, examined and and uh, they have to determine what's going on. One of the things that Jeff Gordon and he's the driver of this uh, said when he joined the organization was we need to modernize. We need to modernize every single aspect. Uh, that you know they they modif- modif- modernize the analytics department. Uh, modernized uh, development, um, but they also need to modernize uh, the medical services, um, and and that hasn't happened yet. And it's something that I think they'll take uh, the off season to do, beginning um, and it sounds like uh, beginning on Monday. Um, just before I'll, I'll let you jump in on that. Just before we hear um, a rather lengthy quote by uh, Jeff Gordon. Yeah, so uh, it's nice to know that uh, they are acknowledging this, uh, and like like we said, it's getting to a point where it's kind of ridiculous. Uh, it's nice that they acknowledged uh, what happened with Gallagher because hearing that back, especially in the earlier parts of the season, uh, that's something that just should not be happening ever, and uh, it seems like it's really affecting the team. There's no way this team's going to be able to make any progression forward if they keep having these same issues with injuries. Well, that's exactly what Kent Hughes said. Uh, we can have all these great plans. Uh, we can develop draft plans. We can develop off-season plans. We can have all of that. But if injuries uh, and injuries to the extent that, that they've impacted the club over the past two seasons, it just derails all our plans. And we have to fix this. It's, it's an absolute uh, priority uh, for, for the club to, to change this uh, this this medical uh, protocol that that just isn't working so far. Uh, but speaking of of their draft plans and, and off season um, strategy, um, you know they were asked about uh, are you confident about uh, are you are you confident about you won the the lottery last year? Are you confident you're going to win it again this year? Um, you know Kent Hughes wouldn't wouldn't go that far. He he <laughs> said. Uh, um, that uh, he would look for the the tape of what tie he wore and uh, maybe see if that would bring them some luck on uh, the draft lottery. But uh, they're pretty confident uh, of getting a good pick. This is a very good draft, a much better draft than last year. I think it was important for them to end up in the bottom five. Um, now, that, that, that uh, 
um, where they they sit could be improved by the draft lottery. Um, but uh, also, uh, Jeff Gordon said that uh, they he expects that the club will be very active at the draft and just as active as they were last year when they traded uh, a pick to to um, and Romanov to eventually get. Um, Kirby Doc. Um, he expects, he talked about the draft picks, he talked about the prospects and all of this capital that, that the club has and wants to, again, leverage it uh, to help move along uh, this rebuild. Yeah, you, you want to keep an eye on that Florida pick, uh, especially since that pick is going to be outside the top 10. I would not be surprised to see uh, that that pick uh, gets moved for a Kirby Doc type situation, a uh, player further along in their development, but still pretty young. Uh, I think they both acknowledge that that was something that they want to continue to try and do. And uh, something I really did like uh, from this press conference is uh, they were pretty open and they were pretty honest about their uh, expectations for next season and uh, how they were going to go about this rebuild. Uh, I know that, well, they said that they know that some fans can be a little bit impatient uh, and uh, they did not want to put a timeline on how long this rebuild would last. This is um, uh, an audio clip from Jeff Gordon. It's a bit long, a little bit longer than we usually play, just over two minutes. Uh, But very important, listen all the way through because it tells you, it tells you what's going to happen in the summer. It tells you what's going to happen over the next uh, couple of seasons. This lays out uh, pretty clearly the plans for the Canadians. Well, I mean, I I don't know. I I don't like to put timetables on something, right? So... We're trying to we're trying to build this thing the right way, and I would say to you that if we just take shortcut, uh, if we did a few things just to appease, just to be a little better, just to just to make it into the playoffs, I don't think that's going about the right way. I think uh, building, developing, and letting it happen uh, a little bit organically and 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 through our process is the way to go, and I believe in that, and we all believe in that. Uh, so we have to, you know. I understand what you're saying, that, uh, you know, our fans have been uh, uh, very supportive. So I, you know, I agree. I, you know, I guess just sweet decor on that one. Um, so I, 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 you know, it's, it's hard. It's, there's, no, there's no one team that's done it. You know, there, there's not a blueprint that works the same for everybody. The timelines change. Um, I do believe that a lot of people here, like, you know, take Kirby Doc for instance. You know, he, I believe you know we acquired a player with a lot of talent. We hoped that he would be a good player, and I think it's proved that he's he's a very capable NHL player with huge upside. Uh, you know, those are the kind of deals we want to move forward, trying to make to up to to move this thing along, and and to build a team that's going to sustain itself for a long time and that can, you know, win and 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 compete to win all the time that's what we're trying to do so i i i feel what you're saying and i understand that at some point uh the the fans are gonna their expectations are gonna be there to win more on a regular basis but i would just ask for a little more patience and and understand that this is it's coming it's just uh, I, I hope i wish it was tomorrow i hope it's tomorrow but let's mm-hmm. see let's see what these guys can do let's see what kind of summer we have Let's see if Ken can make some magic, and and uh, <laughs> and we'll go forward like that. I, I I believe in this group. I think we have a lot of good players. There's a lot of good things happening. Um, you know, he mentioned New York. It's it's very similar. I think uh, I, I every day I see a lot of similarities. So it, it's going to happen. I feel really confident in that. I feel very confident in our coaching staff. 
um, our players were going in the right direction, and I and I I'm certainly appreciative of our fans how supportive they've been since I've been here. I can tell you that. So this was, um, you know, talking about uh, the patience of fans and the support of fans, and that fans have um, have been very good this past season in understanding the direction, but that um, would they be understanding of another season? And isn't there a isn't there a trade that you can make that uh, would get you into the playoffs? And um, aren't there shortcuts you can take? And and I really like this answer because it, it he he covered all the bases to me. He covered all the bases here, saying that um, there's no timetable here. Um, this isn't a three year rebuild. This isn't a five year rebuild. This isn't a seven year rebuild. This is a do it right rebuild. Um, and they're, they're not going to take shortcuts that, that to do it right, uh, they have to build and develop organically and let it happen, uh, make the right moves and then let it happen. Not according to, to a schedule. Um, yes, they would go out and, and get young players that can be part of that, that core, um, and, and moving forward together. Um, and, and Kent Hughes talked about it later about, um, you know, it was, it was one thing to let the players develop this year, but they've got to take ownership, uh, that they're going to take ownership, um, and, and move together. And, and that's what, what Jeff Gordon is talking about so that they can, the club can sustain itself. It can win all the time. He said, um, you know, those, those teams, we know them that are always, that they're always, uh, in the playoffs that always compete, that are always a threat. Um, that's the vision that Jeff Gordon has for the Montreal Canadiens. Thing is, it's going to take more patience from fans and, and support. Um, and, and they're not just going to uh, appease fans by making a move that they're going to make, pull, pull them into the playoffs next season. Yeah, I think that's the right thing to do. And you look at some of the teams that are consistent uh, contenders right now uh, you look at uh, uh, like Tampa is a good example I think Colorado as well these are teams that went through lengthy rebuilds and were in the bottom for year after year and now they're set up to be good for the foreseeable future so that's probably the model you want to go on and uh, I like the fact that they're emphasizing that uh, you know you need some patience and let's not put uh, a timeline on this and uh, he added of course um, a little um, message from from uh, Jeff to Kent uh, make some magic, make some ma- magic happen. Uh, just like, and I think he was referring to uh, Kirby Doc there, a, a similar kind of situation. For sure. And uh, I believe we do have a little bit more audio from uh, Kent Hughes, and this one is uh, directed towards the fans. I've always been, and people will say it's uh, I'm playing to the audience, but I've always been of the opinion that the fan base in Montreal is incredibly educated. Uh, that they don't just see hockey in terms of wins and losses. Uh, there's an importance to the style of play, and that may be in part a product of the heritage of what people see the Montreal Canadiens having represented over their history, not just success, but they did it a certain way. They did it. They played a certain way, and the organization always handled itself a certain way. So I actually feel like there – I don't know that the, the expect expectations change and I may be wrong in terms of this it's a zero-sum thing where we need to make the playoffs I I think there's an expectation and there should be that we continue to progress but we do it the right way we play the game the right way we could progress by trapping and 
shutting things down and trying to win games when we have a lead, and maybe that doesn't help us become better three years from now, but it makes us win five more games next season. Mm-hmm. My sense is that the fans would rather we continue to do things the right way and build something that they can be proud of, and that's certainly the, what we're going to try to do. We remember that Kent Hughes said that he was going to use the media um, and, and to, to send messages to fans here at the, the very outset. He compliments fans, saying that they're, they're educated and knowledgeable, uh, more so than other fans. Uh, but it, he's also giving them um, the direction of, well, if you expect us to, to focus on wins and results, then maybe you're not one of those knowledgeable Canadians fans, uh, which I think is on the underlying uh, compliment here, because he's telling you um, that, um, that yes, we're not going to come out and say, uh, next year, uh, we're not going to make the playoffs. We're not going to do that. Uh, if we make the playoffs, fine. But that's not our goal. That's not going to be the measurement of, of whether we're making progress or not. It's going to be that we're, we're developing the right way, that we're, we're learning to play the right way, that our group, our, our young players are taking ownership of this club and our veterans are supporting them. The job of the veterans is to support um, the, the young core. And, and, and again, that might not be what uh, Josh Anderson sees for his future or uh, Joel Edmondson sees for his future, but he's laid it out in, in all his comments uh, this is fans. This is what's going to happen. I know you're you're knowledgeable. I know you understand this, um, but we're going to play the right way. If we make the playoffs, that's a happy bonus. But it isn't what our goal is this for next season. Yeah, I, I like that quite a bit. And he talked about you know he's not going to make a move to win five extra games that that reminds me so much of what Mark Bergevin was probably doing where he would go out and make those types of moves to just barely squeak into the playoffs. And yeah, you know, we had a pretty fun run there making it to the cup final, but it just fell off a cliff afterwards. And now the team's stuck with a ton of bad contracts. So it's pretty exciting to me to hear that that's not what we're going to get. We're going to build this team up uh, to be good for hopefully a number of years in the future. Um, if uh, we see this team start to take step forwards next year, great. But uh, it's nice to see that the emphasis is uh, playing the long game and uh, having a team that's more sustainable. So um, I think a lot was said um, in terms of, of uh, indicating what's going to happen uh, in the future. Um, is there other things that, uh, that you heard in, in the uh, press conference that uh, you want to talk about? Are you on board uh, with with building uh, a sustainable winning team, or would you like you're 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 fed up? Um, as Jarmo Krakalekin said, you don't want to watch the the playoffs on TV um, uh, without the Canadians in it. Um, do you do you want to uh, do you want to see them push uh, to be a playoff team next year? This is um, it, it's going to it's going to be difficult for the. Uh, fans to endure one more year or two more years or however long it takes. Um, so we want to hear directly from you and, and reach out to us either by email or at 5853Rocket. Yeah, and uh, coming up right next, uh, we do have our Have Your Say segment. So we'll uh, take our final break here. Uh, stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. 
The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. Welcome back to episode 239 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Please make sure you follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out our website, CanadiansConnection.com. Also, if you have something to say, feel free to reach out to us via text using the Rocket Sports text line. It's at 5853ROCKET. That's 5853ROCKET. Just make sure to include your first name and where you're from so we know who we're talking to. And Rick, we are going to have quite the offseason ahead of us. It's going to be difficult to keep track of this uh, Montreal Canadiens team, isn't it? I think that uh, there's, it's going to be just as exciting, uh, maybe even more so, um, with, with the kind of moves uh, that uh, have been forecast there um, by, that make the magic happen, as, as uh, Jeff Gordon said. So um, one of the things that uh, we'll do is we'll make it easy for you. We have uh, a couple of, of uh, capsule kind of products so that you don't have to f- follow every single moment of the day. We'll put all the news that you need to know um, either in Habs Notepad um, or, or our Habs, Habs Headline uh, articles. And uh, that way you just have to go to HabsHockeyReport.com. Yes, it's HabsHockeyReport.com. Um, and check those articles out. Spend 5-10 minutes and that's, uh, you'll know everything you need to know. Um, and you can get on with your wonderful summer. Yeah. Also, 
please make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Amy Johnson uh, posts videos every single Thursday. You can find our channel by searching at all halves. Uh, make sure you hit that subscribe button because uh, Amy's going to give you all the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens. Plus, uh, she always has some interesting topics to talk about. Feel free to engage as well. Uh, Amy always responds to the comments. Uh, if she likes a comment enough, she'll even read it on the air. So hit like, hit that subscribe button, leave a comment, and we want to know uh, what you have to say about it. Also, please make sure you're subscribed to both of our Rocket Sports Radio podcasts on your favorite podcast app. Every Tuesday, The Press Zone comes out. You can find that at thepresszone.fm. That's going to be your inside source for the Laval Rocket and the AHL. Uh, the Laval Rocket got into the play-in round, so if you want to keep up to date with everything happening there uh, in their playoff run, uh, please make sure you tune into the Press Zone every single Tuesday, hosted by Amy Johnson, pra- Patrick Williams, and Rick Stevens. And also make sure you subscribe to this podcast, The Canadians Connection. Uh, find it at canadiansconnection.fm. Hit that subscribe button as you're not going to want to miss a single episode. As we've said a couple times already, uh, we're going to keep releasing episodes every single Saturday throughout the summer. Even when your other favorite podcasts and radio stations stop talking about the Montreal Canadiens, we always have something interesting to talk about and we'll keep you up to date with all the news there. You found your way here. Welcome. Um, stay, uh, subscribe, and uh, stay in touch with us. Yeah, and uh, get engaged. Uh, we do have our uh, Canadians Connection question of the week, and uh, this week we are asking the Stanley Cup playoffs will start on Monday. Will you be watching? Uh, please let us know. Uh, the Montreal Canadiens, obviously, they're not going to be competing, but uh, is there another team that you're going to be keeping an eye on? Are there some former halves that you're going to be watching? Or do you just like watching hockey in general? I know I'm probably going to be tuning in for a couple uh, playoff games. So First round is always exciting. There's always, uh, or typically, there's there's an upset. Uh, there's some great matchups. Um, it'll be interesting that uh, Tampa Bay uh, Leafs matchup is going to be very interesting. Um, Carolina and and uh, and the Islanders. Um, I'm also going to keep an eye on Vegas against Winnipeg. Um, always uh, fun with the whiteout in Winnipeg. Um, some great great matchups. Yeah, so still plenty of good hockey to watch, and uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about that as we come along here too. But uh, if you are a hockey fan and a Habs fan, there are a few things to look forward to uh, in this early offseason. The NHL playoffs are going to start on Monday. And uh, the NHL draft lottery coming up next month in May. Uh, We're already on the 15th of April right now, so it's coming up pretty close. Uh, You'll want to keep an eye on that. And the playoffs for the Laval Rocket, those uh, are set to begin Wednesday. So that's going to be a wrap for us today. Uh, thank you all for listening and uh, tuning into the Canadians Connection podcast. Please hit that subscribe button in the player on your favorite podcasting app. And if you like what you hear, uh, please share on social media. That goes a long way in helping us out. So enjoy your week. We'll be back here next Saturday, April the 23rd for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.